The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Back to the side of the net. Scores! Hyman! Right at the side of the goal! And the Oilers are up 3-0. It's kind of here Zach Hyman's having. I mean, that is a... I mean, they attempted to put the puck in front to him, but a double ricochet, and it goes right to Hyman, and he's got his 42nd of the year. Another two goals for Zach Hyman. The route was on at that point. That made it 3-0. Oilers 5.55 into the second period. And the Oilers cruise past the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. 6-1 the final damage. So the Oilers have won four straight. They're 37-20-2 on the season. Calvin Pickard gets the win. 22 saves. Now the updated total for him. Dreisaitl had three assists. Connor McDavid. Now with 26 points over the course of an 11-game point streak, Warren Fogle with two assists. He gets to 31 points on the season. That is a new career high. How about this? The Oilers have won their last five meeting with, uh, meetings with the Penguins, outscoring them 29-9 over those five games. If Jenny Malkin broke up the shutout with 7.37 left in the third period. Hope you're having a great Sunday night. We're live in Studio 99. It's eight minutes before 10. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford. Overtime, open line. Rob, the Oilers clearly the better team tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh, the deflating loss last night in Calgary. A little bit of travel issues uh, getting out of Calgary. Having a tough season as it is, and the Oilers just came out and took care of business tonight. They did, and I, I don't know the back-to-back and the, the travel issues. I don't think that really had a whole lot to do with this game. The, the Oilers are just a better hockey club. Uh, there was a play in the second period where Sidney Crosby has a chance backdoor, and Calvin Pickard makes a nice save. And off of it, Joseph, the defenseman, pinches, ill-advised pinch, gives up a three-on-one, and uh, McLeod to Perry and it's 2-0 and all of a sudden a offensively challenged Penguin team is now down 2 and has to score 3 and I think that really deflated them there they had a chance to tie it up on Crosby's shot they don't and now they're looking uphill and the one thing the others are very good at is when they have a lead and teams have to open it up well they pick them apart and uh, this is a Penguin team that you know it's got one of the greatest ever in Sidney Crosby it's got milk and and Lars Eller's not bad down the middle, but they've just got nobody on the, the wings that can score. They've got one winger with 10 goals and everyone else less than that. So when they had to or were forced to try and chase a game, they just don't have the horses to do it. And uh, the Oilers from top to bottom were better. It, their first line all the way through their fourth line was better, and their goaltending was better. This was a, a very good, complete effort by the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, let's just talk about Hyman quickly again off the top. <laughs> I mean, uh, two more goals. I, I joked to the after the first period, he ended his one-game goalless drought, so he made up for that by getting by, by getting two tonight. But first of all, kind of a classic Hyman goal in the first period. It's a two-on-one. McDavid shoots. Hyman's right there for the rebound, taps it in, and then that goal, and Bob kind of mentioned it, just the kind of season he's having. The puck's intended for Dreisaitl goes off Dreisaitl and, and right to Hyman who swiped it into the open. I, I don't even know if Najelkovic had realized, had, had time to process where the puck has gone and, it, and he's getting him. But, um, but as we often say, 
there is puck luck, but also putting yourself in the right place over and over again makes you maybe look luckier than you are. Well, I think you read the play in the situation and you hang out in the right places. It's like Dennis Rodman used to talk about rebounds. He said he knew which guy was shooting, which way the ball would spin, and he would stand on the side that the ball would spin to. So if you're Zach Hyman, well, Leon's got it. Here's where he's going to put the puck, and if a good bounce comes towards you, all of a sudden you're already in that right spot. Hyman plays the game the right way. Uh, he doesn't take a shift off. He knows where he's supposed to be. He hangs around the blue paint. He stops on the net when he's supposed to uh, and he's rewarded time and time again with it he's got good hands and uh, the hands when he, he's given the opportunity he's able to put the puck in the back of the net and we just watched his second goal right there dry saddle got a piece of it goes off the penguin defenseman yeah. skate because dry is trying to knife he's it trying, well, net. That's, again play on set net, right? play that where they win the draw bouchard kind of forces it because dry saddle wasn't open but Drysdale is big and strong, and he knifes it towards the net, as you say, but it goes off the Penguins' defenseman, and Hyman's where he's supposed to be. Uh, Hyman also had another chance in the third period. He just kind of whiffed on it. It looks like the puck bounced on him back door in the power play. Uh, the magical season of Zach Hyman continues, and you just hope that uh, pretty soon we're calling his 50th goal, and, and by the way he's going, it doesn't seem like it'll be that long away. 6-1 Oilers win it. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch. It was a conversation. How good does it feel that, you know, everyone was sort of listening and thinking, let's get going in the right direction early in this one? Um, yeah, no, it's good. The players take ownership and, um, you know, we're getting ready. Um, you know, I think we took advantage of a team that had been traveling, played late last night. Uh, yeah, we had a little bit of travel too, but they're coming out the end of a road trip and I thought we took advantage of it. And we're up one after the first period, but I thought we really built at our game. I thought it was strong from the start. We didn't take any uh, steps back. And, um, you know, we're able to capitalize on those chances in the second period. Just wanted to get some thoughts on the, the changes to the D pairing, having uh, DeHarnay up with Nurse and Cody Cece with Brett Kulak. Uh, just looking to change things a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm not certain exactly... Um, you know why I want to say exactly one reason why I just thought just switch it up a little bit I know in the past uh, you know right after the uh, Vegas game we switched up the pairs a little bit and um, you know looking back that those um, you know Eichel and Bouchard have always played really well together but um, you know Darnay and um, Nursey just they'd been good together Kulak and um um, CC also, you know, we just felt to just change the scenery a little bit. Zach Hyman's helping people get their cars out of snow. He's scoring 42 goals on the season. Is there anything he, he's not doing for this team right now? No, and there's not much he hasn't been doing for um, the Edmonton Oilers or the city of Edmonton to say. Um, he's been capitalized on his opportunities, capitalized on his opportunities because he's doing so many things well on the ice. Ran through a little bit of a rough stretch earlier, but now there's four games in a row, kind of a repeatable format. What uh, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think a lot of it last four, especially two of them, um, maybe three. Three of the four could have easily lost. Goaltending was outstanding. Um, so good defense usually wins you hockey games. You look at our goals against down, um, and also our penalty kill. Um, looking a lot better than it had been previously. And there's always stretches where you can't win every game, and there's some games, you know, during the stretch, we lost more than we won, but 
I, I think there were a lot of games that we certainly could have won in that stretch. Chris, the uh, backup goaltender role is, is often a thankless role and there's a lot that has to be done behind the scenes. What makes Calvin Pickard uh, such a good candidate for that role? Um, well, I think first most, or most important part is uh, he's good at stopping the puck. Um, another one is he's a great team guy. Guys love him. He puts in extra work at practice, stays out a little bit later. And also as a backup goalie, it, it is also harder. You often get... You know, sometimes you get the weaker opponent, um, but often what gets um, unrecognized is you often get the back-to-back game. You get the second game, which the team isn't going to play as well in front of you. Um, you're traveling into a city, and it just those harder assignments the backup goalie usually gets. And, um, you know, he's been able to play really solid, really good for us for a very long stretch. Do you anticipate down the stretch here kind of increasing his workload uh, obviously you have more back-to-back games but also to maybe give Stu a bit of a uh, breather heading toward the post well I think just for the fact that we play so many uh, back-to-back that his game total will be going up opposed to January when we're playing three games a week and it was easy to play Stu two or sometimes even three of those um yeah that's easy um we have no choice it sounds like we don't want to, but just just the way the schedule is, picks will be getting more games, and um, yeah, we're okay with that, especially the way he's playing. Chris, do you have like a, a number that you and Dustin talk about as far as you know when you look at your remaining games and say, okay, we want Stuart Skinner to finish with 57 starts, 58 starts? Is there a number when you when you look at to say that's ideal? Uh, we have. Um, you know, we look at it, we review this starts from week to week, and we look out probably a month ahead. And um, after the All-Star break, I know we sat down and we had that number, what we had, and, you know, a lot of times passed by, and I don't remember exactly what that number is. But um, we, we have settled that we think it's best that he plays that many. And, um, you know, with the way our schedule is, you know, he'll probably be playing usually two out of three games. And... Um, yeah, whatever that ends up being. I don't know if it's, you know, 58 to probably 57 to 60 games. And uh, Sam Gagne hasn't played a whole lot lately, but every time he comes in, he like, hit the crossbar tonight. Like That line actually generated a lot. Um, what does he need to do maybe to get in the lineup more for you? Oh, he played really well tonight. That line, uh, I know uh, Sam's line probably in three minutes of ice time that he had in the first period. He was part of two scoring chances and did a lot of good things. And... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, Derek uh, was out tonight with uh, an injury. Um, you know, he's obviously very important for our team with uh, being a right-handed face-off guy, winning key draws, started the penalty kill. You know, it's tough. It's not only we have a lot of good hockey players, but we also need to slot guys in on, you know, on roles and position. What do we need at that moment? And um, yeah, I guess it's it's difficult uh, for Sam because he's been playing really well for us. And, you know, we'll evaluate tomorrow where he fits in and how much he'll, he'll be playing. Chris, the week of trading deadline, you necessarily haven't gone through this as a head coach. How much talking do you do to, to the general manager? Or does he come to you and say, okay, I'm talking about this guy. What do you think? Well, first of all, uh, with Ken's experience and my inexperience, the uh, last thing I'm doing is going into his office and demanding what we need. But uh, Ken and I talk quite regularly, um, almost 
if not twice a day, definitely every day about what we need and how I feel what the team is um, lacking or he'll throw some ideas at me, I'll do the same and he's doing the same thing with the, the rest of the coaching staff, the scouts and everyone around the organization. So Ken's constantly communicating with somebody and if he's not communicating with somebody um, within the organization, he's doing somebody um, with another team. So you wouldn't be banging on the door if there was a New York Ranger farmhand and say, oh, I know that guy. Well, I'm sure if there was something that Ken would come to me and ask me about a player, but uh, um, no, we just talk about pretty much our team. Thank you. Uh, sorry. Uh, with, the, with the trade deadline coming up, uh, it's also a tough week for players. So what's the coach's role? As you know, players get antsy, start wondering, some guys will be wondering if they're going to be around. What's, what's the coach's role to kind of keep that I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure the role. It's obviously very difficult. You try and um, ease their um, anxiety, you know, talking with them, tell them the situation. Uh, players who are uncertain about their, their future, but you look at how valuable they are to our team. Um, you know, there's so much out of my control. And the last thing I want to say is, tell a player something's okay when it's might not be and um, but I know for the team that there's a, there's a room full of guys that I appreciate what they do and um, I think we're a pretty good hockey team and I can't imagine not having them yep. thank you all right, that is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a convincing 6-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight at Rogers Place. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown here in Studio 99 for Heartland Fort overtime open line. So anything stand out for you from that one, first of all, Rob? No, I, I, I like he talked about Pickard. They asked, the first question he asked him was about, you know, what makes a good backup goalie? Well, he's got to be able to stop the puck. And he does. I thought Pickard's been very good. Uh, thrust into a situation this year that came up to a team that was playing poorly, replacing a popular teammate who had struggled and hasn't really been a National Hockey League goaltender in years. And he's come in and, what is he now, 8-3 and three on the season? 8-3 on the season. That's pretty good. That's pretty, that's a good for, uh, I mean, that's a good starters record, having that kind of winning percentage. And uh, he was good again tonight. Actually, I, I honestly believe he's looked more comfortable as the season has moved on. Uh, he just, tonight, I mean, there's no rebounds. He, he swallowed everything up, and when they needed a big save, they got the big save. And the Oilers, I, I don't think they played great in Seattle. They played good enough to him, but not great. Uh, but in the last two games, two weird goals are the only ones that have beaten the Oilers yeah, in the point. game. I mean, nerd, one went off nurse, and tonight that was just a weird terrible bounce. There's yeah. that unlucky bounce off CC behind the net and comes out in front. So the others are playing much better defensively, but uh, Knobloch, uh, I did like the fact when he said, "You, what are you doing with uh, you talking a lot trade with Holland? Well, why would I? I'm like, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I'm just going to coach. So it will be an interesting week for the Oilers, and as much as it's fun for fans and media, and I talk about it all the time, uh, there is a little nervousness in the dressing room because if they go out, say, get three players, does that push three players out of the lineup? Yep. Three guys that are part of a very good hockey club. Uh, is a, a buddy or a friend getting traded this week, moving on elsewhere? So 
it's uh, for us it's it's easy because we're just watching from afar. It is a little more difficult in the dressing room. Yeah, uh, this game I don't. It doesn't offer a ton of information towards what <laughs> what the Oilers need. No, if you're well, looking for some last minute uh, viewing of anything. Well, I mean the Oilers had a little bit of a hiccup to start the 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 post All Star break, but they're in a stretch right now where they're nine of eleven games are against non playoff teams. They've only got two. They play Boston and Colorado. Those are the only two teams on their immediate schedule that are playoff teams. So they've got an as much as it's not a, an easy schedule travel-wise, uh, competition-wise it is. Uh, so you're, you're right now you're judging against teams that are, you know, lower in the standings. Then you try to figure out what you need. But I think that Ken Holland and the coaching staff and the, the pro scouts have sat down and identified if you want to go on a long playoff run, what do you need in your lineup and what do you need in the press box? So I think you're not just building what you have on the ice. You got to look at depth players. You got to look at do we have guys in the minors that are capable of coming in in big moments and playing, or do we need to get address that issue as well? And I do believe they need, do need to address that. Yeah, I mean it, it'd be awesome to make a big splash trade, and maybe they will. I mean they did last year. Yep. Uh, Ekholm turned out to be uh, pretty good. An immediate contribution that is still happening so maybe they get someone who affects them like that for sure and that would that would be fun now somebody's going out i mean tyson berry had to go out last year very popular now, team part here. of the reason that happened though was because you traded a d for a d and you had somebody also who could fill berry's role yes. on the power play which was bouchard so that's you know that that trade worked. the one thing we've talked about is sure you could trade somebody but if you don't have somebody to replace his role, it might not be a net positive move, depending on who you bring in. Well, if the Oilers trade for a, a player that's going to jump into their lineup, they have to trade a player that's the same position. Whether you need to trade a forward for a forward or a D for a D, I don't think you can do the opposite. I don't think you can trade a D for a forward because then you're short on D. I don't think you can trade a forward for a D because I don't think the Oilers... I mean, they've only got one forward sitting out, and that's Sam Gagne. Yeah. And uh, if you're taking a forward out of your lineup, I'm not sure Sam Gagne is moving up in the lineup. So it's it'll be interesting, but the one thing that we've seen with Ken Holland, he's not afraid to make moves at the deadline. Not all of them have worked out. There's been a couple trade deadlines where we look at back and say, eh, that one, we gave up a lot of draft picks for very little in return. But what we saw last year, she does have some magic every once in a while. 6-1, the Oilers win it over the Penguins, so the Japanese Village Goal Light is on on 630Ched.com. You can head there now and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Uh, I mentioned this too, Warren Fogle, that's a new career high in points for him. He's up to 31. Yeah, and he played well. Uh, the Oilers, if they want to be a championship team, if they want to have a long run, they're going to need contributions up and down their lineup. I think I saw somewhere the other day where every single player on Vegas had two goals and five points. Every forward for Vegas last year in their playoff run had two goals and five points, something along that line. Uh, that shows you the depth that they had last year in the playoff run. So the others need that. Fogel's been very good, uh, and he's been good up and down the lineup. And I think that's key. If there are injuries in the playoffs, they know that Warren Fogel can play on your first or second line and also can be a very good third-line checker. Uh, we should mention as well, talking about Pickard, the uh, second time he's faced a penalty shot this season. He uh, stopped McKenzie and Twistle in January. He did not have to make a save 
today, but the goalie wins the battle as uh, Harkins got a penalty shot uh, late in the second period after he was uh, hooked from behind on uh, by Brett Kulak going in all alone. And that's, you know, a couple. Certainly the, the save on Crosby, Oilers score 17 seconds later. Probably should have been 1-1. Like, that was a great save by Pickard. Yep. And it's 2-0 later. Uh, and then Harkins' penalty shot. Okay, you score, you're still down two, but you've scored. And then the Oilers got two goals in 23 seconds yeah. a couple minutes after that. So it went from could have been 3-1 instead it's 5-0 after two. Yeah, minutes. I mean... Pickard didn't have to make a save, but he was positionally sound Well, there. goalies will say I gave him nothing to well, shoot at. And, and, I, and I believe him there. Is the Harkins had nothing. And what I like about the penalty, or Kulak hooking him on the on the breakaway, I always found it was easier to score in a breakaway with some cha- someone chasing me than having all the time in the world to think about it. When Harkins is going in there, he his, he's got so many things that he's thinking he can't get inside his own head. Uh, when you all of a sudden, especially when you're not a goal scorer and you have all that time standing at center ice and you're exhausted because you were just on a breakaway. Right. So and you're exhausted and you're thinking, he went in there and he tried one move, Pickard didn't bite. So when he shot to miss Pickard, he had to miss the net. So good on Kelvin on that one. But it is funny. I mean, we, we can go a season or two without seeing a penalty shot. And here's this guy who hasn't been in the NHL for a number of years. He's, had, he's faced two That's right. in the limited time that he's played this year. 6-1, the Oilers win it, so that's a $600 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with $100 every time the Oilers score. Yeah, five consecutive wins over the Penguins, 29-9 the score uh, in those five games. The Oilers have uh, just been able to control this matchup here, and they are going to play again next Sunday. That'll be a matinee in Pittsburgh. All right, you're going to hear from the winning goaltender, Calvin Pickard. You'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl, three assists. You'll hear from Warren Fogle, new career high in points. And uh, you'll hear from Brett Kulak, who had a really good weekend on the Oilers' back end. 6-1 Edmonton over the Penguins. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Goes over to the left wing corner in the Oilers zone. 20 seconds to go in the man advantage for the Penguins. Malkin in behind the Edmonton net centering pass. Oh, oh, what a stop by Pickard on a broken play. Puck back to the point and it comes out. Calvin Pickard, that was some stop of the right pad. Yeah, solid night for Pickard. He makes 22 saves in a 6-1 Oilers win over the Penguins. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Here he is. Another solid performance. You had said you were leaving yourself. Every time you had a chance, just keep going. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, you know, we were in control the whole whole night. I felt good going into it. Um, obviously, back-to-back. They were back-to-back as well. So, um, yeah, right from the puck drop, we had a good kill early in the game. And um, we really took control. Uh, you know, we scored in the first and then uh, didn't look back. It looks like with the schedule, obviously, it's more condensed. You're going to get a lot more playing time now. You know, excited about that opportunity. Is it naturally better and easier when you get to play more frequently? Uh, for sure. Um, we'll see what, uh, you know, the next few weeks brings, but uh, we're not looking too far ahead. Um, hop on the plane tomorrow. Uh, kind of short-term memory. We'll enjoy it tonight and then 
yeah, no, it'll be good. Um, condensed schedule is good for me. Um, you know, we need both guys going, so um, we got to keep this rolling. When the GM says he's out of the goalie market at the trade deadline, is that uh, anything you pay attention to, and how does it make you feel? Uh, if I was paying attention to it, I, I don't think I'd have uh, a ton of success. I'm just trying to go about my job, and um, you know, I think I've, I've done that pretty well so far. But um, you know, we got a lot of season left for sure. What did you see on the, that unfortunate bounce on their goal? I didn't see much, honestly. It kind of took a weird turn behind me as I was turning my head, and then uh, you know, there was about a second there of hesitation. Then I, you know, turned my head, and Malcolm was putting it in. It was unfortunate, obviously, but uh, um, you know, I got a couple of good bounces along the way tonight too. When you're running on a shadow with 53 minutes. Do you ever think about the shadow? Uh, I mean, it's in the back of your mind, but uh, you're just looking looking forward to the next shot. And, um, you know, you got to stay stay in it. Obviously, it's six nothing. We're uh, you know most likely going to win at that point. So um, yeah, no, I thought uh, we defended really well all night, and you know it was just an unfortunate bounce. Okay, that is the winning goaltender tonight, Calvin Pickard, six one. The Oilers take down the Penguins. So yeah, he is eight and three on the season. Pretty good, pretty good for. Uh, well, he was the third goalie in the organization <laughs> at the start of the year, and he's the solid number two now. I liked his uh, comment. Oh, we were up 6 nothing. I was pretty sure we were going to win at that point. <laughs> yeah. Felt, felt not bad. Yeah, I felt yeah. pretty confident at that point where things are going to go our way. Well, pretty solid performance by the Oilers tonight. One in the uh, first, four in the second to really take control, and then McDavid and Malkin rounded out the scoring in the third period. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We will have Chris on the CertainTeed hotline. Chris, go ahead, please. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Uh, well, there was two guys I wanted to talk about. Uh, actually, the first one you guys just talked about with Calvin Pickard. Uh, you know what? Despite the you know the first two periods that didn't seem like a whole lot he faced, he made the saves that he needed to at the right times. Like I know Rob, you were saying after uh, I think it was that before the two nothing goal that that Josh Crosby makes that you know if it's a tie game instead and you then go make it two nothing afterwards. Like you know, there's the difference in the game. You know, in hindsight, thinking about it, but. Uh, you know, like just the, the timely saves, like may not have been as busy, but uh, he made the saves that he needed to at the key, at key times tonight, I thought. Yeah, 100%. And uh, the other guy I wanted to give a big shout-out to, uh, Cody Ceci tonight. This probably, I think, was his best game, I think, since coming out of the All-Star break, in my opinion. I thought, uh, you know what, he, uh, he looked very calm, composed, like he picked the right spots to make sure like he didn't feel like he was floundering at times. And uh, I'll actually point out too, um, if you go back and you look at his goals, like that was almost the exact same play and the exact same shot that he made um, to get the winner in game seven against the Kings to playoffs. Uh, almost the exact same uh, spots. The only difference was there was, Fogel uh, and Kulak setting him up tonight instead of McDavid and Drysaddle in the playoff game, uh, which I thought was neat. Yes, yeah, I thought of that as soon as he scored. He's got his spot. They just got to get him there more often. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. CC uh, gets a goal tonight. He's plus two, plays 18.50. So the Oilers did move the pairings. So Kulak was with CC. Ekholm and Bouchard remained together, and then Nurse played 
with DeHarnay. Do you read anything into how they played tonight again against kind of an well, underwhelming performance by the Penguins? I mean, it's a positive uh, simply because they, they really didn't give up a whole lot of chances against. Now, you have to take a look at the competition. It was a, a Penguin team that's offensively challenged that really had nothing going all night long. Uh, but it, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, it's it's an audition uh, for for Dayarnay in a in a position where he would probably garner more minutes against the other team's better players. I think you'll get a, a a better idea in the next couple of games playing in Boston. Obviously, the Bruins hold last change. They can decide who they want out against Nurse and Dayarnay. Right. And there'll be a little more pressure playing on the road. So. Uh, it's a good start, but, I mean, I, I'm not selling the house on it yet. Uh, you just got to wait and see uh, what they do over an extended period of time. Anyone can look good in one night. The when, What you see is with consistency. Uh, I, I imagine we're going to see that on Tuesday and then probably again on Thursday and, and go from there. So uh, they, CC and Nurse have struggled a little bit since the All-Star break. Uh, the Oilers want to see, do we need to go out and find a top four defenseman, or is the guy already here on our third pairing? DeHarnay and Nurse, both with six hits, credited with six hits tonight, so certainly they, they were the Bash brothers back there. Didn't seem like a real physical hockey game now that no, I'm thinking about it, but apparently the, uh, the spotters in the press box felt it was a little more physical than you and I did. Shots were 37-23 for the Oilers. Uh, McDavid and Kane both had five shots on goal. Actually, every Oiler had at least one shot except for Connor Brown and DeHarnay uh, blocked shots. Well, the Oilers didn't need to block many tonight. Nurse blocked three, DeHarnay and CeCe each blocked two. Didn't have to block as many as they did in Seattle. Especially. Well, the yeah. Oilers had 10 blocked shots in the last minute of yesterday's <laughs> game, had 10 in the entire game tonight. Darren had a big block early on the first power play. He did, play. actually. That's right, yeah. yeah it, those hurt. <laughs> he just continues. He can't get out of the way. He's too big, so it hit him no matter whether he's trying to or not. Were, were you aware, how aware are players are if they're on the ice against a really good shot blocker? I know a oh, lot of do. guys yeah. block shots or you were expected to get into the lane, but... You must know, okay, I, this guy, like if he's, I know if I shoot it at his face, he's not moving out of the way. No, you, you know guys that are very good at getting in, in shooting lanes. Now, in my era, uh, shot blocking wasn't as, uh, uh, I don't know, important, wasn't as common. Right. I mean, if you laid down a block to shot, you got a standing ovation. Like it just it didn't happen like it does now. Everyone's expected to block shots. When I played, there were certain players that on each team that would block shots, so you knew when they were out there, okay, if I'm on the power play, this guy's here, okay, he's always going to be in the right lane, so I've got to adjust where I shoot. i got to move. Um, but players, and they, players, they pre-scout everything now, so they know, okay, this guy's always going to lay down, so you're going to have to put the puck above him. That's the biggest thing for defensemen, knowing... This guy, Guy Carbono, he lays down and blocks everything. So if you're going to shoot it, it's got to be about a foot and a half off the ice or it's going to get blocked. So it was more important for defensemen to understand which forwards were good at blocking shots because you didn't want to have it blocked and go the other way. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. Like I've heard interviews with Rollison when he came in 06 that the, he had to figure out with his defenseman, okay, you guys just take away this part of that, and then I know... Yep. He, he just basically said block low 
and then I know it's either blocked or I, I got to take it up up high. And it's important to have those where I assume from an angle. Okay, are you going to block? Are you going to shade towards this way or this way? Like, just let me know as a goalie where the puck is going, and that increases my chances. Well, if if you're going to stand in front of the the goalie and try to block the puck, if you're standing, well, you better block the puck because you're blocking the goalie. Right. Like, if Dayarnay is standing five feet in front of Calvin Pickard, Calvin Pickard ain't seeing the puck. So you better stop it, Vinny, or it's going in the net. Uh, goaltenders just want consistency. They want to know where you're going to be, what you're going to do. Uh, and I do believe the goaltenders understand that Dayarnay and Nurse are the two best by far on this team at blocking shots, and they appreciate that. Uh, it, it is a... I don't know if those players that block shots get enough appreciation because it hurts. It hurts a lot. I had surgery once. I blocked one on my foot. Had to have surgery. It, it, those pucks are not, and they're not fun when they're coming at you at 90 miles an hour. So the, uh, the fact that these guys are willing to go and block the shot time and time again. Uh, like right now, any player on the opposition that stands in front of Bouchard's shot, I give him kudos because that thing is heavy and hard. And he, he gets all of it every single time. Uh, it is a big play when you stop it, but it's one that doesn't go without leaving a mark, whether it's a bruise or he breaks a, a piece of your equipment. Oilers win it 6-1. Let's go back down to the dressing room. This guy had three assists. It's Leon Dreisaitl. From start to finish, yes. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, but we came to play. Um, for Lions, uh, 60 um, picks was standing uh, when we needed him. Um, that was really, really good effort. Is it nice to have a game like that where it's not you know, edge your seat right down to the wire, you can relax? Yeah, you, you need those those games every once in a while. Um, but, you know, we, we put a lot of work into to create a game like that, right? So um, this doesn't doesn't just ha just happen um, you know put a lot of work into it and um, did the little things right and um, you know every once in a while a game like that is nice. I see a lot of guys uh, you've got a lot of goals from sharp angles so McLeod that one's getting even sharper now guys that's like a purposeful shot that happens lots we see. Yeah uh, seems to be a, a new trend in the league um, the Clouder was great tonight um, their, their line uh, as a whole was really good and, um, yeah, uh, really a nice goal. So the wins are piling up and the goals against are going down. You kind of feel like things are sort of trending back to where they were when you guys were playing. Yeah, for sure. We had a little lull there um, after the break. Uh, I think the break maybe took a little steam out of us. Um, but, you know, a season like this is, is ups and downs. We, we know that. Um, but I thought we handled it well. And um, playing well right now, uh, obviously looking to continue that. Leon, can you speak to maybe how or if there was any type, type of reset after the Calgary loss? Because obviously you guys have really turned the course. Uh, yeah, I think it's just very black and white with our group and uh, the puck out of our net. Um, you know, it seems to seems to go our way uh, a lot more often than not. So. Um, I think everyone dug in, everyone committed to it, and um, that's what the teams do. That's one thing this team is able to do is to pull out of spins when, when things look like they're going the wrong way. Uh, yeah, we've done that a lot over the last couple of years, you know, uh, lots of ups and downs. And, um, you know, I think our maturity level is, is growing and getting better, and, um, you know, kudos to, to the entire group for sticking through uh, some of the games that, that we've had lately. You know, not always the prettiest, but you got to win those too. Um, so, yeah, good job. You told Connor last 
score 60. You got Zach that could score 50. I did not. No, I can't take that. Uh, I can't say that I said that to him. But um, you know, he's he's well on his way, and obviously, uh, you know, as a as a group, we're going to look to do whatever we can to to get him. Well, quite frankly, Hyman has a chance at 60 himself. He's only <laughs> eight away from. 50 with uh, what he still got 24 games left. Yeah, 100% he has a chance. Left. Hey, it's not El the Realm. It, it's funny, the last guy that scored 60 won the MVP in the National Hockey League. <laughs> so, uh, Hyman is having a fantastic year. If the Olympics were this year, he is automatic on that team on your first line. Uh, he does everything right, and it's being rewarded for it. All right, the Oilers take it 6-1. You're also going to hear from Warren Fogle and Brett Kulak. We'll get to some of your phone calls at 780-496-0063. This is Hartlett Ford, Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Kulak in from the left wing point to Fogel. Goes in behind the goal. He'll get it out. The shot. Scores! Cody Cece in from the right point. It's 5-0 Oilers. And they would win it 6-1 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Four wins in a row for the Oilers. As CC is named the third star, Ryan McLeod, the second star tonight. Zach Hyman, the first star. Rob and I give out a fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, Leon had a pretty good night. I think three points plus three. Uh, looked very focused. I like that when he talked about, when he was asked, you know, it's nice to have one of these games where there's not a lot of stress as the game moves on. And he said, yeah, it is, but... We put a lot of work into it to get to that point. So, and they did. They played well enough to make the third period a much more leisurely 20 minutes than they've had in the past. But to me, Leon is your four-star of the game. And uh, CeCe scoring the only goal by a defenseman tonight. I set the line at two and a half goals Ooh. by defenseman in this game for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. So it was under Yolanda wins the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Well, I figured Bouchard... The tank, Carlson. Carlson. You, well, never, I mean, you never know. CC did his job. The rest yep. of the D-men just let everyone out once again offensively. <laughs> All right, we got Anthony on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Anthony. Go ahead, please. Hey, guys. It's uh, been a while. I hope you're both well. We are. Yeah. Um, great effort tonight. I guess my question is I was, I was surprised to hear Holland say he's not in the uh, goalie market. I mean, I, uh, I think there can be an improvement there, as I do for... Leafs. I'm a big Leaf fan. I'm a big Oilers fan, and I feel like they're very similar teams in that I think they're going to, you know, I, I'm concerned about defensive depth, and actually if the goaltending is uh, tested on either side, and I uh, I don't understand why the Oilers would say they're out of the goalie market when, again, they just don't have it uh, proven, and I guess the one thing uh, is that I think McDavid has another level to get to, but um, yeah, just wondering your thoughts and I guess similar comparison to what the Leafs look like. Well, yeah, it's really good, really good question about the goaltending. Well, I mean, Stuart Skinner's their starter, and you're not gonna they're, you're not gonna go out and trade for a number one goalie. Teams just don't trade for them. I don't know what is available that's better than Stuart Skinner. Uh, the one thought at one point was, do they need a backup? Are you comfortable with Pickard in case Skinner goes down? Well, all Pickard's done is one. Every, I mean, he's 8-3 and three on the season. He's given them solid starts. You got Jack Campbell in the minors, who is 
uh, last I heard was playing very well down there and you got Rodrigue who's having a fantastic season so I I don't know who you would go out and get that is better than what you have and why give up assets for something that I mean Skinner's starting all your games unless he's injured Skinner's starting every playoff game so I don't know why you would give up an asset for somebody who's going to sit on the bench and watch Stuart Skinner. Yeah, I, I think that's the key thing, is that I, I think if Ken Holland thought there was a move to make that would be an obvious upgrade, either on Skinner or on Pickard slash Campbell, then he probably w- wouldn't say I'm out of the goalie market. So I'm guessing he's looked around, and in his mind, it would be adding Calvin Pickard 2.0. Yeah. Or Jack Campbell 2.0. So I, I I think that's a great question from Anthony, and I I, I understand why some fans can be would, might be concerned about that. Well, I, I get it. And until Skinner does it in the playoffs, you're going to yeah. wonder can he do it in the playoffs? Yeah, which is but, fair. Now, yeah, that's as you fair. said a couple weeks ago, he's only had one try at it. Yes. And I mean, and who's out there that is better and, and has got and, and available and has a proven track record yeah. in the NHL playoffs? I mean, they've already, Minnesota said they're not trading Flurry, and he would be a guy that has a track record in the NHL playoffs. Right. Uh, not having as good a season. I think it's one of his uh, worst seasons. Uh, still, a good goalie, but he's not moving. I don't know who else out there you would say, hey, we got to get this guy. He's got a proven record in the National Well, I mean, playoffs. the Flames might trade Markstrom. Yeah, but, but the I, Oilers I don't. don't I don't think they're going to trade him to Edmonton. No, and, and he's got six and, and, million dollars. Yeah, of course, the money. And yeah, that one I'm is like, too, so. that's a lot of yeah. money you're going to have to add to a. Uh, you're already close to the salary cap roster. Yeah. So yeah, to me that uh, we've talked about it for quite a while now that we didn't believe the Oilers would make any moves on the in net, and I didn't hear Holland say it, but if I mean it just really confirms what we've uh, we've thought for the last number of months. Yeah. Uh, I guess compare. I, 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 I know the Leafs have had goalie issues uh, as well. I, I don't know. Well, they were going to rely on the young kid. Is it? How do you say? His wall, wall, wall. Yeah, Samps, uh, Samsonov played last night. Yeah, but the they're waiting for the kid from the. He's in the minors right now, recuperating. That's going to. I mean, Samsonov. I wouldn't trust him as my goalie in the playoffs. But is it Justin Wall? Is that the name of the kid that's... Oh, Joseph Wall. Joseph Wall. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's the guy they're counting on being their goaltender. He's good, but again, no track record in the the playoffs. Uh, To me, the Toronto's biggest is their back end. I think they need help with defense. And then they go and trade for a kid, and he gets hurt in his first game. It's like goaltending is such an interesting position. Obviously, you need great, or at the very least, above average goaltending to win the Stanley Cup. Yep. Um... But it can it's, come from anywhere. It can, it can come, come like, from, like, I, we talk about Aiden Hill all the time. Uh, so the, well, who are the last five? So Vasilevsky won two, Aiden Hill, Darcy Kemper, and Jordan Bennington, who, when he won it, was a nobody. Was kind of out of nowhere. Well, he so, came from the minors. He got called up from the minors right, that year. Didn't he come up, like, halfway through the year yeah, or something like that? Yeah. So it's, it, it's, a, it's kind of a crazy position like that, right? And even... I mean, I remember watching the 86 playoffs and this, who's this kid, Patrick Waugh, that keeps bobbing his head around <laughs> and talking to his goalposts and all that kind of stuff. Now, at that point, uh, did anybody know he was going to go on to win three more cups after that? I mean, he could have been a, well, it was a great rookie. I mean, it's just, it's such a, it's such a crazy position. Well, so I, I, I get the concerns from, uh, from Oilers fans, but I, I think, as we've talked about, Ken Holland's probably looking at 
forward and and adding some security on defense. Well, it's the the best goaltenders in the outside of Vasilevsky, the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. Uh, continued to not have as much success in the playoffs. Hellebuck, who is probably going to win the Vezina this year, uh, Shosturkin with the Rangers. I mean, those are considered uh, the, the Boston goaltenders lost in the first round last year, and I think both of them played. I think one got pulled and they went to the second one. Uh, the team in front really dictates how yeah, good the goalie so, is behind so, them. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's both, right, like yep. we've talked about. It, it's just... I, I just... I guess I hesitate to say, well, this goalie's never won the Stanley Cup, so he's never going to win it. No. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, to me, is not just one of the best goalies of the last 25 years. He'd be one of the best players mm -hmm. in any position in the last 25 years. Got to a final, didn't win it. Now he won. He still it doesn't diminish no. anything he does, but the only one guy can win the Cup. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great question, and I, and I guess we really won't have... We won't know what Skinner's capable of doing until April, May, June. Or if he has to miss a playoff game and, and Pickard has to play one. Yep. And then we'll have a much better idea. And then come summertime, then we can discuss this, whether or not it was the right move or not going with Skinner and Pickard. All right. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's defenseman Brett Kulak. For your team right start to finish tonight. Yeah, I thought we played well considering back-to-back uh, -back with some travel. You know, we had the benefit of getting in at a decent time yesterday, but but still, they're, they're hard. You get tired, especially at this point of the season. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to see the start we had. And, uh, you know, again, goaltending was, was really good, and that's always a big part of the team. So it was, uh, yeah, good good night for us. Switched up the D pairs again. I know you and Cody played a few games together early, and uh, tonight you guys combined uh, good defensively, but also three points. Yeah, yeah, anytime you can get on the score sheet, it's nice. and. Just have a strong game uh, start to finish. It's good, and yeah, I, I don't mind. You know, playing with different guys every now and then. You, you never know what happens if guys need to miss a game here or there, and you know things happen. So uh, it's good to be be comfortable with him. What did you think of just how it was a complete? Uh, you know, team effort kind of like, seemed like everybody was involved and helped get to the victory. Yeah, we played. Uh, we just played solid. We weren't overcomplicating things. You know, uh, on their goal, it was a kind of weird bounce over the net. And but besides that, there wasn't any really big breakdowns or anything. Everyone was just, you know, uh, yeah, just just playing smart and collectively one shift after another, put together a good game. I feel like after you know the All Star break wasn't good, but you guys have put a few together now in a row. You feel like you guys got your mojo back here a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, you feel it in the room. You. you you, you quickly fall back on, you know, you start feeling what works for us, and that's just keep pucks moving forward and spend time in the offensive zone. You guys had a few of those where things look like they're going wonky for a little bit, and then, you know, you, it's not clicking a switch, but you can just turn it around pretty quickly. What what happens in leading up to that game? Or? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it just uh, shows a lot of composure within the group, and uh, that's a big thing for us. You know, I, I think since I've got here, there's been times where, you know, everyone wants to win so bad, and it's it's frustrating when things aren't going your way. But I found uh, now we're able to kind of just, just keep moving on and, and play the next shift and play the next play and, and just carry on with the game, and we found success that way. Okay, that is Brett Kulak after the Oilers beat the Penguins 6-1. We will update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Canucks beat the Ducks 2-1. Wild knock off the Sharks 4-3. The Jets beat the Sabres 5-2. Kings over the Devils 5-1. And the Coyotes, after going 14 games without a win, have now won two straight 
They beat the Capitals 5-2. March is their month. February wasn't. That's, that's a good point. And it's looking more and more uh, that uh, round three of the L.A. Kings-Edmonton Oilers playoff battles may come to fruition as the Vegas Golden Knights all beat up. The L.A. Kings are starting to win and pushing towards being a second and third place for the Oilers and the Kings in a first-round matchup. Vancouver 85 points. Edmonton 76. Edmonton does have four games in hand on the It's Canucks. possible. Just saying, it is, yeah. Uh, Vegas 73, LA 72. That's the Pacific Division. By the way, Nashville's won eight in a row. Uh, they're still seven points behind Colorado, though, but very firmly in a, in a wild card spot right now. We'll go to Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, like, I'm uh, I, I mean, like, I'll obviously admit that, that, that like, I'm a I'm obviously one of the ones that has uh, has uh, some concerns about whether Skinner and Pickard in the playoffs will cut it, but honestly, I agree. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, I think at this point, I think Holland he needs to be. Uh, I mean, like I think he he really needs to be looking at like a, uh, you know like a, uh, like you guys have been saying, you know, like uh, uh, you know like forward depth and uh, uh, depth on D because well, I mean. As I mean, like in the, as, I mean, like in the playoffs. I mean, like if, it, I mean, like if one of our D men were to, you know, get hurt, who goes up? I mean, who comes up? Who, who what? Robert Gleason, guys that haven't, guys that really have no track record of playing in the playoffs. So, I mean, obviously, I think that's where the, that's where the, uh, uh, the biggest issues I think, at the trade deadline are now. Uh, uh, obviously. Uh, as for tonight, I just, you know, I think it was, I think it was a combination of the Oilers are just, you know, just a better team. Pittsburgh played last night. Yeah, the Oilers played, but, you know, Pittsburgh kind of, the, the, you know, they're, they're yeah. 10 points, they're, you know, 10 points out and they're kind of falling off. So there's kind of that, you know, they fall behind. They kind of, they kind of wilted and the Oilers just, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for over. well. Yeah, the the Oilers took were pretty much in control of the game throughout. They're the better the evening, team, so. and by quite a bit. And the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, well, it'll be interesting. We're gonna the Oilers play in Pittsburgh next weekend, do they not? Next Sunday. Sunday. So one week from now, it'll be interesting to see what, well, who, what saw, who, who's on the like, Penguins. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, one team will probably be a little bit better, and the other team will probably have given up uh, a couple of their. Uh, players and, and be a little bit worse. And this is the better team just won 6 1 tonight. So uh, I would imagine this will be fresh in the minds of the Penguins uh, next Sunday when these two teams meet and they'll, they'll be a much better effort. But the Penguins could be and probably will be subtracting players in the next five days where the Edmonton Earls will be adding. Uh, power play story tonight for Conlon Motorsports. He'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Oilers 0 for 3. Penguins were 0 for 2. You're still going to hear from Warren Fogle. 6-1 Oilers over Pittsburgh. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Connor had to go by him and Fogel's able to clear it out. An odd man rush for Edmonton. McLeod down the left wing. McLeod is passed. Scores! Corey Perry went to the net. 
And they go on to win 6-1 over the Penguins. Perry's eighth of the season is fourth with the Oilers for McLeod and Fogle. That was just shortly after Calvin Pickard made a great save on Sidney Crosby, so a big swing in the game there. We have Rocket on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, Rob, I, wanna, I wanted to get back to you on uh, what you think of, you know, possible trades and who you can really get and that versus like i gotta tell you there's not one player on this team i don't like and i can't imagine how hard that's going to be to trade uh to be in the dressing room and 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 see that unfold this year i i I could maybe i mean it's hard all the time but but this year seems a lot different to me. I don't know what your thoughts are on that and what your experiences are. It, it's always hard. I know that last year they made a, a trade. They got Matthias Ekholm, who's been incredible for the Oilers, but they gave up a guy that was very popular. Tyson, Tyson Berry was a, a popular player in the dressing room. He was best friends with a number of 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 the players on the team. And even though your team got better, you just lost a best friend. So that's hard. I don't know if there's any Oilers that'll be leaving this week, but if the Oilers do bring in players, there could be Oilers that are losing their spots in the lineup. And this is a good Oiler team, and all of a sudden uh, you find yourself in the press box because they upgraded your position. So uh, it, it is tough. I know that there's probably five or six players in that dressing room who nothing that happens will affect them. You're talking about Connor and Leon and Nuge and Hyman, but everyone else will be affected by whoever the Oilers bring in or move out, and that's hard. All right, 6-1 for Edmonton. New career high in points for Warren Fogle. His two assists get him to 31. Here he is. What did you think of just how it was really a complete, uh, really complete effort? I don't know if it's, it's the most complete effort of the season, but it has to be up there. Yeah, I thought uh, our execution was, uh, you know, really noticeable tonight. You know, making clean passes, you know, making the right decisions at the right time. And um, kind of like you said, you know, everyone was contributing. And, um, you know, hopefully we can build off that. Pittsburgh's a team you guys have handled pretty well. Like the last four or five games have been one-sided. And any ideas? Uh, no, just you know, just getting ready for the game, just like any other day. Um, you know, we just worry about ourselves, and obviously we're aware of uh, you know who's out there on the ice. But um, you know, it was a full uh, you know 60-minute effort from everyone, and um, you do uh, more of those things, uh, you know, a good results should happen. You didn't look like a team in the back-to-back. You didn't look tired. You look like a team that kind of wants to get up and play every night right now. Yeah, I think just getting in that rhythm, you know, uh, you know, the next uh, few months is, uh, you know, usually every other day kind of hockey. And, uh, you know, we're looking at the standings and, you know, we want to finish first in our division and, and as well for the West. So, um, you know, efforts like that will uh, help us get there. Can you explain how you turned the corner since that Calgary game a little over a week ago? Uh, yeah. Um, I think just, you know, plain simple, you know, everyone, you know, contributing. Um, you know, it was a game that, you know, we we weren't satisfied with and, and we knew we needed to be better. And, um, you know, everyone's, you know, pushing in the right direction and, you know, just trying to get, you know, ready for the playoffs. You're not a general manager, but it kind of looks like this team can stand pat on its goaltending. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not a general manager. <laughs> That's the first thing. But, you know, both our goalies have been, you know, unbelievable this year. And, um, you know, 
some solid, really solid efforts by both of them. And, you know, um, yeah, you know, hopefully we can keep that up and, you know, everyone, you know, try to help them as well, you know. Would Who you would you trade for? Maybe, yeah, I think I'm such a hockey nerd that um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I enjoy the game so much. I have such a passion. So maybe yeah, in the future that, that could be a calling card. But, uh, you know, I like, uh, I like playing the game right now. So I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> I started minor midget GM. Work your way up to junior and end the NHL. Uh, hey, he's a GM. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we'll see, but uh, yeah, just keep uh, keep going here. All right, that is uh, Warren Fogle. He'll stick to playing for now for sure. Thanks to Brendan Escott for getting us the post-game audio and for working on the game recap on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers is Tuesday. Oilers at Bruins, 4 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 5.30. Thanks to our game day engineer, Troy Bowler, here inside Rogers Place and to our studio producer, Angie Cornell, back at 6.30. Jed, we've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers cruise. They pummel the Penguins 6-1. Good night. <laughs>